let me thank the praise team. One of the really positive changes in the church has been the discovery of the power of praise. Uh, when I started, we just all sang hymns, and I love the hymns, but uh, I'm not a singer, but I enjoy listening to those hymns and songs of praise. I felt pretty good when I came today, but two people looked at me and said, are you feeling all right? <laughs> <clears throat> and now I kind of feel sick. <laughs> but uh, actually, I am not on all cylinders, but uh, I probably won't be quite as enthusiastic if I can get rid of this. And uh, well, we'll just let it die. Uh, <clears throat> turn with me in your Bibles to Psalm 46. One of the songs the praise team sang was that we will praise the Lord in the middle of the storm. There is no question in my mind that there are people who are sitting here this morning that uh, are in the middle of a storm. And you and I need a word from the Lord. If you're not in a storm today, wait a few days or a week or two, and you will be, because I was reading in my quiet time this morning in Thessalonians, and Paul speaks that affliction and trial is a part of the life that we live. It is a part of the human experience. And so I want us to look at this psalm. Psalm, is, as a book, probably is the most read book in the Bible. But listen, and I will read selected verses. But we'll read through verse 4 and then drop down to verse 10. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble, Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains slip into the heart of the sea. And though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. Verse 10. God says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. We are called Protestants, and the reason we are called Protestants is because in the year 1517, there was a man called Martin Luther who, in his disagreement with the Catholic Church, nailed what was called the 95 Theses, or 95 points, where he believed that the church it was dead and dying at that time, had departed from the biblical truth. And that began what we call the Reformation. And Martin Luther uh, wrote a hymn. It's number eight in your hymnal, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. And the reason this hymn is so, or this psalm is so inspiring 
is because Martin Luther suffered as being the leader of the Protestant Reformation. His life was in danger. His life was not easy. It was difficult. And when he read this psalm, God is a refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And then he wrote, a mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing. This psalm, I believe, captures what we need in our time of storms and difficulty. Now, the word psalm literally means melody or to make music in praise to God. It was the hymn book of the early church. That's what they sang. They sang hymns. And as we look at an overview of this great book, and I do believe that probably more people read the book of Psalms than maybe any other book of the Bible, it is the longest uh, book in the Bible, uh, the Psalms. And also Psalms 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible. Now it covers about uh, somewhere between 1,000 and 1,500 years in terms of history. Now the reason I say that, the book of of the Psalms 90 was written by Moses. Now I assume people knew that. If you look at your Bible, probably at the heading of the Psalm 90, it will say, Uh, It was written by Moses. Now, Moses lived 1,500 years before David. And David, of course, wrote about 70 or 75 of the hymns. Asap wrote, I believe, 12 of the Psalms. There were the sons of Korah who wrote 10. And by the way, if you've wondered who the sons of Korah were... uh, we would probably just call them worship leaders. They were those who were appointed to lead worship. Then Solomon, King Solomon, you remember there was Saul, David, and Solomon. Uh, Solomon wrote two of the Psalms, and we have about 40 where there is no human author given. Now, some people believe, some scholars believe, that King Hezekiah during his uh, uh, concerns and the trouble that he had with the Assyrian government, King Sennacherib, he's a popular person in the Old Testament. Some believe that King Hezekiah, when Jerusalem was being besieged, wrote the Psalms. And so what I'm trying to say to you here is that we have a rich tapestry of the things that touch our lives. If you are struggling, God has a word for you in Psalms. If today happens to be of joy and praise, then there are many Psalms that will help you with your joy and your praise, even in the time of the storm. I believe it is important for us to recognize that though there were a number of human authors, some we don't even know, yet the Bible tells us in Timothy 3.16, 2 Timothy, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. 
all scripture is given by inspiration of God. I have increased my prayer time recently because I know that you need a pastor and I know many of you are praying and I hope all of you will pray that it will not be long before God will send the man of his choice. But whoever that is, it would be my prayer that with all of his heart, not just something you say, not just something to, to please a committee, that in his heart and mind and in the way he lives, that he believes that God's word has, has the breath of God upon it. All scripture is given by inspiration. The word inspiration is theonutos in the Greek. It means God breathed. And from Genesis to Revelation, I believe that God has his breath upon this book. Now, there are parts after spending seven years in formal training to know something about the Bible, there are things that I do not understand, but yet I'm here to say that I believe that God's word has final authority. And I often think the world in which we live, if, if, if we lived in a community that just went by the Ten Commandments, what a wonderful community that would be. But the word, the Psalms, it begins, uh, Blessed is the man who will not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, or stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. That's Psalms 1. Psalms 22 is a prophetic psalm. It is the one that Jesus quoted when he was on the cross. He said it in Arabic, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That's Aramaic for my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That is a quote from Psalms 22. When you get to Psalms 23, that has been called the hope diamond of all the Psalms. Uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Here we have invested in this beautiful Psalm, the relationship between you and your Lord, me and my Lord. He is our shepherd, he is our leader, he loves us, he cares for us, he leads us into green pastures. He takes us to the quiet waters. And then when you get to Psalms 51, if you have sinned, and you have, and I have sinned, and there we have David's confession of his sin with Bathsheba. And he said, against you and you only, God, have I sinned. And David, in his time of repentance, in his period of, of being contritioned, he pleaded for the mercy and the forgiveness of God. And aren't you glad today that the God who loves us gives us a second chance? The God who gave his son to down the cross is a God who will hear our prayer. That's the reason we have in 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And finally, in Psalms 119, which is the longest psalm, 
It has 176 verses, and it talks about one thing, the authority of the Word of God. Thy Word, it says, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And folks, I hope you don't think I spoke about it too much, but if you're going to be a Christian that knows the joy of the Lord in the time of the storm, if you're going to be a Christian that is a good representative of Jesus Christ, you need to spend time in the Word of God. If we've got time to listen to the news, which is depressing, if we've got time to do a lot of the things and be on our cell phone, Oh, Christian, we must have time to read the Word of God and to pray and to be sure that we have a relationship between us and the Savior. What you ask is the central truth of this psalm. Well, it states it in verse 1. God is our refuge and strength. The word refuge is an interesting word. It means that the God whom we worship today, the God whom we serve, is a, is a, is a refuge. That's a metaphorical reference. It says that God is a place of safety. He is a place of security. He is a, a place of rest that we go there. It's kind of like a fortress. In fact, in Scripture, they will use the fact that God is our Refuge and he is our fortress. In fact, in verse 11 says, The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress, a place of safety, a place where we can go to in the time of storm. And actually the rest of this psalm is answering why is God, and what does that mean to say that God is our fortress or God is our refuge? And all of us know that the reason is, is because we, we live in an unstable day. Israel, when, when, when this was written, was living in an unstable time. Specifically, what is happening historically is that Jerusalem had been surrounded by King Sennacherib. Now, King Sennacherib was the head of the Assyrian nation. And he surrounded the city of Jerusalem and cut off the water supply. And the king, who was Hezekiah, had a, a secret source. It says in verse 4, There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. Now, most scholars, I'm not saying everyone, but most scholars say that what he is referring to, and this is a historical fact, that many, many years before, an aqueduct underground about 1,700 feet outside of the walls of, uh, of Je Jerusalem had been built, and they had a secret supply of water. If you were to travel to Israel and to Jerusalem today, some guide would show you that aqueduct. And during that period when Sennacherib thought that he had cut off the water supply, God had provided for Jerusalem a secret source of water. Water gives life. And therefore, we who are the people of God 
we have in the time of a storm a secret source. Now, I don't mean the word secret in the sense that we're trying to hide it from people. I mean that we have something that others who have no faith in God, who do not know Jesus Christ, who are not wedded to this matter of the faith life, we have a secret source. I don't know why I would even say this. My, my wife is not here today, but she's a little puny. But <clears throat> when I was on the International Mission Board, this is a true story. I'm not making this up. This is a true story. And uh, we, were, we were going somewhere. I think it was maybe someplace in Arkansas or Texas. I can't remember. And when we got to the place, I was at the carousel, and, and my wife was standing over there, and I, I could see her, her luggage. And I said, well, why, why have they put it in a black bin? Well, when it got around, I understood why. It was ruined. It had holes in it. It had the stuff, you know, where when, what the uh, makeup, and uh, and and that had been broken. It was a mess, and uh, they called us into the little room and they said, uh, "Miss Miss Holland, what would you say the value of all the stuff you have in that?" I wanted her to say a thousand dollars, and I remember she said three hundred and fifty dollars, and so they wrote us out a check for three hundred and fifty dollars. We had to go buy her shoes. I am not exaggerating. Her leather shoes inside, when they dragged it across the tarmac, wore a hole in the luggage, in the shoe. And so we had to go buy her a pair of shoes. She looked pitiful during that meeting. <laughs> and she was mean, too. No, I'm not. <laughs> but <clears throat> but when, this really happened. It, when we got to the hotel... A dear friend of mine, which he said, what are you doing here? And I thought, well, what I, that's a silly question. And when I got up to it, in fact, this friend of mine has gone on to be with the Lord, and he was president of one of our Baptist schools in North Carolina. And, and when I got up to where they check you in, they said, Mr. Holland, we have you down. You're not supposed to be here until tomorrow. And I start laughing and the man standing there looked at me like I was crazy. Our luggage was terrible. We didn't have a room for the night. In fact, my friend and his wife had a room, but they had one double bed. And so they brought us a little cot to sleep on. You talk about close fellowship. We slept on that cot that night. But the thing that I'm trying to say is that when, and that is not a storm, that's an inconvenience. But even in the little things of life, but when the, when the storms really hit, may the Holy Spirit of God grip my heart and grip your heart to know that we have a place where we can go. We've got a source that others do not have. We have a faith that will stand the test of time. The reason that we need to know that God is a refuge is because you and I, as Israel did then, we're living in unstable times. Hezekiah did not know what was going to happen. 
but yet God supplied a secret source of strength. And we and I and you know that we're living in an unstable world. And, and maybe it's my age. I don't know. I, um, but I, I just don't understand what's happening to our nation. I mean, I, I don't understand why you can go in and just grab stuff and walk out and you're not put in jail. When Roy Lemons was a policeman, he would smack you in jail. <laughs> but now, you know, I don't know if you can do that in Franklin County. I don't think you could. But there are places in Detroit and Los Angeles and, and Chicago and New York where they just go in and grab and dash. What has happened to our nation? Folks, we've lost our minds. And then, and this is probably the most political thing that I'll say, but uh, doesn't it bother you that 10,000 illegal people are crossing the borders every day? That seems to bother me because you don't know what they're bringing. A lot of them are, are, are young men and, 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 and some of them are drug dealers and they're there because of the cartel. And these politicians, Democrats and Republicans, they get on TV and they talk around the edges, but nothing seems to be doing anything about it. And you know what I hear people say more than I ever heard before? I don't know what kind of world we're leaving for our children and our grandchildren. We're living in an unstable society. I don't know what will happen next in 10 years. I'll be with the Lord, I'm confident, but what I'm saying is, what about these precious children that make their way to children's church? What kind of world are we leaving for them? That's the reason you cannot answer that question because we don't know, but we do know this. God is our refuge and strength. He is an ever-present help in trouble. What that means is that God who is our refuge is powerful. It says God is our strength. And when we are weak, he is strong. When we are afraid, he gives comfort. He is powerful. All power has been given unto him. We who are the people of God know that he is sovereign. He is Lord. And the thing that comforts my heart as an old man, as, as I get ready to go home to be with the Lord, that I believe that even though things are unstable and things happen today, homicides, lawlessness, illegal aliens, all the things that are happening today, I still believe that God is on His throne and that He is sovereign. He is a God who is all-powerful. It says... He says, God is our refuge and strength. And listen, he's personal because it says, it didn't say God is a refuge. He is our refuge, a place where we can go for safety, a place where we can go for security. And then he is a very present help in time of trouble. He's, he's with us. He's present. He's powerful. He's personal. And he's present. He's with us in our time of trouble. Those of you who are going through a storm, those of us who will go through a storm or coming out of a storm, the God whom we worship today, the God 
that we praise this morning as we sing is a God who is powerful and present, and he is, says, therefore, we will not fear. That's one of the, 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 the characteristics of human nature we fear. That's the reason I have memorized, because I need it. Maybe you don't need it too much, but I need it. But uh, Paul was writing to the church at Philippi. Paul was in prison. He says, and nothing, and nothing be anxious, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God that passes all understanding shall guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Folks, memorize those two or three verses it is better than money in the bank. And when you go through the storm, you can go, and I have quoted that to myself more than I have preached it to congregations because I have those times when I need it. So let me close by just simply saying, perhaps today you need a word of encouragement. My word to you today is the God whom we worship is a refuge he is a God of strength. He is a very present. We have a secret source. There's a river whose streams make glad the, the city of God. And the way that becomes ours, the way that I can let that incarnate into my life is in verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. Folks, we live in a busy world. We're pulled here and there, and we must do this. We have to live life. But, oh, we, might, we need to be still sometimes, physically still, mentally still. And so in, in, in the stillness of our lives, we learn that we, God is on the throne. He will be exalted among the nations. He will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. His name is Emmanuel. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Let us pray. Father, we thank you today for your word. We thank you, Lord, for the book of Psalms. We thank you, Lord, that you are our shepherd. We thank you, Lord, that we will not lack any good thing. I pray today, as I've tried to pray this week for those who, uh, that I promised to pray for, four names, Lord. I, I've tried to call those names before the Lord every day a couple of times. And Lord, I pray today that you would meet our needs and our time in the storm. In the, in the name of Christ, the one who calmed the storm, I make this prayer. Amen. Brother, oh, that's our praise team, brothers and sisters, <laughs> and uh, are going to lead us. And if uh, you have a need and you want to speak to me, a prayer request, last Sunday I had two people to ask me to pray for someone in their family and two other people who uh, I said I would pray for. And the, one of the first things I did when I went home 
I wrote four names down so I would not forget. Sometimes we say, I'll pray for you, and we don't do it. So if you have a, a prayer need, I promise I will pray for you.